Well, hi again, everyone. I'm Ten Ten Wins Sports Director Mark Renee. This is On the Mark as we take a look at the stories behind the stories in the world of sports. And our guest today is a young man who's heading into his junior year at Baruch College. He is a member of the Bearcats varsity soccer team. His name is Luis Munoz. He is originally from Spain. He spent some considerable time at Miami Beach High School in one of my favorite towns on the planet. And uh, his story is so interesting. We've been waiting to do this now for about four months. Uh, Not only is Luis a soccer player, he was also a fairly avid runner and a hopeful for the New York City Marathon, which unfortunately, because of the pandemic, of course, has been canceled this year. But Luis has a fantastic story to tell about his training for the New York City Marathon. And we welcome you, Luis Munoz, to On The Mark. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Thank you for inviting me, Mark. I'm, I'm really great. I'm grateful to be here right now. How have you been faring uh, during everything that's been happening since the middle of March? Well, um, at the beginning, it was tough. Uh, as you said, I was, I was training for the New York Marathon, hopeful that, that it would happen. And so I, I decided to run a marathon in my own terrace, um, not only to, to keep the training going and non, non-stopping during the lockdown, but also to to make people aware of the importance of staying home at that time, even now uh, that the virus is still not gone. Yeah, let me go back and uh, emphasize, you trained on the terrace of your apartment. That's correct. (laughs) Which, uh, if my math is correct, it was about 5,000 laps to cover the 26.2 miles. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. A little over 5,000. Goodness gracious. And it took you about four and a half hours, right? Yes, it did. Luis, I have to ask, how do you keep your sanity running 5,000 times back and forth? It was, it was hard at the beginning because I wasn't used to it. And then around mile four, mile five, it was already kind of like on my mind. And it was, it was easy to cope with. Uh, my parents were around there. Uh, my brother would come out sometimes to give me some water. So it wasn't as, as hard as I thought it would be after you, once, once you get used to uh, doing all the laps in the terrace. Okay, but wait a second. Because when you run a marathon, as you know, you've been training to run a marathon, and I've done it. Silliest thing I ever did in my entire life, I will have <laughs> you know. Because I'm not a runner. Uh, but I decided 20 years ago that I was going to do the New York City Marathon so I could cross it off my bucket list. So I rolled out of bed first day of training. I ran three miles, actually dribbled a soccer ball. I think you can appreciate that. I dribbled a soccer ball around a three-mile figure eight in a park in New Jersey. And I realized if I can do that, then I can probably train if I give myself the better part of a year to get to the 26 miles. But you're a soccer player, so you're used to running around. How different was gearing up for a marathon than what you usually do to get ready for soccer? And, And how did you build up? Because you can't just roll out of bed and run 26 miles. So how was your buildup and how could you build up while you were running on a terrace? Or did you do most of the buildup on regular roads and paths? So mo- most of the buildup was on regular roads and, pa- uh, and paths. Um, it is, I always tell people, it is completely different for me, at least, the running that I do on soccer than the, the, the running on, on a track or on the road. Um, it, I started back in December, same reason as you. I just wanted to get it off my bucket list. I just wanted to run the New York Marathon. And so I started running three to four miles, uh, four or five days a week. And I always tell people, it doesn't matter if you're not a runner, 
you become a runner. It's it's all about training, and once you start doing it, and you keep doing it, and it's just easier and easier every time. So, um, I started doing a little more miles over the weekends, maybe 10, 12 miles. I did a half marathon in January, and then when the whole lockdown thing happened, I, I I've never really ran on my terrace. I used to work out, uh, do some cardio there, but I never really ran on my terrace. And I decided to do a, I decided to do the marathon. And three days before, I did a half marathon in my terrace, just to see if I was able to do it or not. And I don't know if it was um, the confidence that I had that it was just in my terrace, so I was home all the time, or that I couldn't go too fast because I had to keep turning around. So it was like a constant pace. Um, but I thought it was pretty doable. And so three days after the half marathon, I I did the full marathon. I'm shocked beyond belief that anyone could do a half and a full in a span of four days and obviously there are people who run marathons you know some people do them every day I, I yeah I don't know how you do that you know it's funny in my research leading up to when I ran it what I found out was and I don't know if you know this not too many people do um, if you finish and it's still the same 20 years later if you finish outside the top 10 so whether you're 11th or dead last, and usually they get around 50,000 people. Now, you basically get the same stuff, right? They give you yeah. a medal. They give you a heat shield. They give you the, uh, the, uh, the little gift bag that has some water and an apple or a banana. The but everybody bagel. gets the same thing. And I get a kick out of it that, you know, if you really, you know, bust it to try and finish in the top 15, or like me, if you're finishing toward the back of the pack, and it took me about six and a half hours, um, <laughs> I, I thought it was fascinating that everybody gets exactly the same thing. Yes. Yes, it is. So as you said, it really doesn't matter if you're a runner or not. It, it's, you know, the challenge is certainly there. Um, it's not really about finishing fast or finishing on, on a set time. It's more about, I think more of a mental game of finishing itself around mile. Everyone says that around mile 18 to 22, 23, it's like, the hardest mentally and once you surpass that I remember I was in the terrace and once I passed those miles the last two three miles I could be sprinting that I, I wouldn't feel it yeah well you know you you miss out obviously on the crowd that's lining the course and you know when you eventually do run you'll hear the throngs that turn out to watch people run especially when you're on first avenue heading uptown when you come off the a 59th street bridge. I, to me, that was, that was maybe the biggest kick of all. And, you know, for you, who's going to, you know, eventually have a, a fairly uh, respectable time, uh, you'll finish with people who are actually still on the course. So when you're on 59th street, heading back into the park <laughs> off of fifth Avenue, there will still be people there. Uh, when I finished, it was essentially my girlfriend at the time and my best friend who were waiting for me, and they were the only two <laughs> who were still around. I started the day in the dark, and I finished the day in the dark, um, but you don't care about that, and, and most wow. of the people who are listening don't care about that. But it, it is one of those things that if you do it, you can live. I'm looking, in fact, at my bib that is uh, sitting in a shadow box here in my apartment. Uh, my bib and my shoes. I've never worn any of them since. Uh, and I think my cap that I wore that day is also still uh, packed away in a box waiting to go into that shadow box. But uh, it is something that you will remember um, for the rest of your life. But again, you know, not only did you not have the crowd, but you also don't have to deal with the altitude change 
and you don't have to deal with the changes in the weather because you were doing everything right there on your terrace. So that is, that is how, how did you fight off the monotony? Because clearly, you know, you're running back and forth. What is it, about eight feet from end to end? Yes, um, eight, eight meters. I'm not sure in feet. Uh, it's a little more in feet probably. Uh, it's eight meters from end to end. I, I just placed two cones, one on each side, and I started going back and forth. It was, it was tough at some points. I even, it was funny. I even remember telling my mom, I'm like, please come out or tell my brother to come out and work out here, do something. Cause I'm, I'm going crazy. The music is not working anymore. I need something else to cope with it. Okay. turns out ready for this. You might get a kick out of this. Eight meters is 26.2 feet. So yeah, definitely. A lot so there's the magic number. 26.2. <laughs> wow. I didn't know. Me neither, me I had neither. no idea. I'm glad I looked it up while we had a chance to chat. You know, somebody listening who knows this stuff off the top of their head. So I, I have to ask, with no New York City Marathon this year, the race was canceled because of the coronavirus concerns. What will you do in lieu of running the race in early November? Um, I, I don't have anything planned for for the date of the of the marathon itself. Uh, in my mind, I remember um, thinking if the marathon does happen, it'll be a day after my semifinal playoffs um, if we do get there with my school. So now that they're both canceled, I, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing around that time. I do want to keep training. I do want to improve my time for the marathon now that I have more than a year um, to do so. But I, I still have yet to figure that out. Okay, so I have to ask, as things have begun to open up a little bit, and obviously we're not under the same strict quarantines that we were back in March and April and May and, and even in June, are you back out on the road running or are you still strictly running on the terrace? I am. I am, I am back, uh, back out. Um, I live pretty close to Prosser Park, so I usually go, go there, do a couple of laps, and then come back. I don't really go into the city. There's too many there's not too many people anymore but there's there's a lot of traffic and it's just it's just different so i just run around here in brooklyn and when you completed your marathon on the terrace um you got a lot of attention from local media uh, i know you were featured on uh, wnbc tv channel 4 with my pal bruce beck what was uh, what was it like getting all the attention it was it was crazy. People in, in Spain also, because in Spain it also went on national television. They kept saying, you know, you're famous. I'm like, no, I went viral. I'm not, I'm not famous. And it, it felt great. You know, I, I was waking up to um, interviewers DMing me on Twitter, on Instagram. I was doing Zoom meetings almost every day, um, getting on phone calls with people on the radio. It felt really good telling my story and, and making people aware of why I was doing it. And what has been the reaction from your classmates and your teammates at Baruch? It was, it was great. Um, people even from my class that I didn't even know about, um, they texted me saying, hey, I saw you on WNBC or I read about you on USA Today. Um, it, was, it was really great to hear from people that I see also in my, in, in my soccer team almost every day. Uh, friends of mine texted me. It was, it was great. All right, I do want to talk to you about soccer, and obviously with uh, no fall sports happening uh, for any of the CUNY schools, or goodness, uh, most of the schools across the country, 
Um, how disappointed are you that you won't be able to suit up and play soccer this fall for the Bearcats? Very, very disappointed, uh, especially because it's not a long season. So every day, every year, once it finishes, you know, you have to wait almost another year to be able to play again. Um, so now that it's canceled, hopefully um, they do a small tournament or something in the spring if it gets better. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed because, you know, it's, it's hard not to be with your team uh, during the fall and going to games and training at seven in the morning. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. And how strange has it been to be seeing most of your teammates and your coaches only on Zoom and similar platforms? Really, really strange. Um, that it is, I haven't seen any of them since um, early March, late February, except on Zoom. So we kind of get, we started to get used to it, but it's, it's been really strange not to see, not to see any of them yet. Now, we've seen Major League Soccer go back, and we've seen uh, around the world the other big leagues have resumed play. Um, right. When you're watching, how comfortable do you feel as a soccer player knowing that they are still potentially, even though with Major League Soccer they were in the bubble and the international teams uh, have been doing uh, what they can to be um, exercising the utmost caution but but how concerned are you as a player about what they're dealing with and 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 the virus well um they definitely uh if it was up to us they they definitely have it a lot easier especially here in the mls in the bubble it's harder for them to to be exposed since they're taking all the precautions and stuff um I mean, it, it depends on each player. It depends on whether your family uh, is at risk, whether you yourself are at risk. Um, but I feel like if they're taking the precautions necessary and they feel comfortable with themselves, I feel like myself, I would be comfortable with, uh, you know, wearing a mask every time I need to, be socially distant every time I need to. And then when it comes to the playing time, um, being able to play, because we've seen it all over Europe and, and here now that the sports are starting to come back and it, it is doable so long as we take the precautions. Now, in as much as going back to school won't be happening, you will obviously start classes in a couple of weeks, uh, but everything for you will be done remotely as was the end of the spring semester, right? Yes, that is correct. It will all be online. And how much of a challenge was that? I know as a professor, as an adjunct at St. John's and Hofstra, that we have our own a special hurdles to overcome but as a student how difficult was it to transition from the in-class setting to online only um the academic side of it just um what we were learning it wasn't either easier or harder uh it was the same thing it was just through a different platform through zoom rather than going to the classroom but that's where the struggle came in you know you wake up and you're in the same room that you wake up, you're, you're doing your homework or you're going into the Zoom class. So it was harder to concentrate, harder to keep yourself up to date on all the assignments. That was, that was the most um, I was struggling with. Once you, go to, once you go to school, you you know you have the routine of taking the train, going to school, go to the class. And here it was just, um, you have to keep your own schedule and, and doing all the assignments on time. That was the hardest thing. All right, I want to wrap up with a little bit of fun. Uh, I know you grew up, for the most part, in Spain. Big fan of Real Madrid and Cristiano Ronaldo. First of all, as a young soccer player yourself, how crushed were you 
when Ronaldo left Real to go play in Italy? <laughs> well, I must say I was born in Madrid and my all-time favorite team is Real Madrid and my all-time favorite player is Ronaldo. So I was pretty crushed. Um, although I do think it was the time also for him to leave. Um, it, was, it, was, it was very hard. But, you know, more than a Ronaldo fan, I'm a Real Madrid fan, and, and it's, we, we, we have to cope with it. All right. Well, you had to cope over the weekend with your team going out to Manchester City in the Champions League. How disappointing was that? Yeah, that was pretty disappointing, especially because we came out of the league playing really well. And I don't know if it was because Sergio, Sergio Ramos wasn't there or what was going on with the team, but we really didn't play up to the expectations. And now, in doing my research for our talk this morning, I find out that there are hot and heavy rumors over in Europe that Ronaldo may actually be heading back to Real. Oh, really? How about that? I I hadn't, I hadn't read about that. I read about Ronaldo going to PSG, but that was the only rumor I've, I've heard. I would be happy with him coming back. I would, How happy. I would absolutely love it. I would love it. Even if he doesn't do as well, or even if he is just to retire here, I would just for, from having him back, it, was, it would be amazing. And lastly, if you don't mind, as a kid now who's entrenched in the United States, how excited are you that we will eventually be getting the World Cup back? The the world the like is going to be hosted in the U.S. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, who knows if we're ever going to have the actual trophy? <laughs> but no, the competition will be uh, United States, Canada, and Mexico. That's that's amazing. I I hope to be able to go watch some games, especially if it's a a Spain Spain game. Uh, but it's amazing the fact that they're attracting soccer here. I really I really do love that. And uh, what are your aspirations professionally once you're uh, finished uh, at Baruch? Um, well, I've, I've realized that I, before when I was in high school, I did want to pursue a career in soccer, but I've realized that I'm, uh, either I don't have the talent or I, I, just, I just don't have it. So I, I, I'm really interested in human resources, uh, stuff, with, stuff with business, with what I'm majoring in right now. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. I'm very open to, to different opportunities right now. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. I wish you continued good health and uh, success. And uh, I'm hoping, like everyone else, that uh, the players and the coaches and everyone involved will be able to get back on the fields in the not-too-distant future. And uh, good luck with however you decide to uh, continue your training for the marathon. I hope so, too. Thank you very much, Mark. That's Luis Munoz. I'm Mark Renee, and you're on the mark.